Hello and welcome to part two of our Let's Talk. Um, it, it took a lot longer than we thought because we got COVID in the middle of it. So really, really, from this day forth, we will fortnightly post our podcast. She's lying. <laughs> there was a delay because we were having so much sex. Oh, shut up. Um, Go on. So let's not forget that my safe word is apple crumble. So if, you, if you're veering into things that I don't feel comfortable about talking about, because the kids will kill me. It will be apple crumble. But do we not run the risk of talking about nothing other than what oh, other people are talking way. about? That's why. Um, I'm going to share a really funny story with you guys. So last night we went to bed and I was sort of, you know, in a slightly amorous mood and Nadia nuzzled into my into my chest and I was like, you know, you never know, it could, it could happen. Um, and then as I was thinking, mm, what should my first move be? Do you actually think that? No, not that literally. Mark, I'm just saying it for Mark, story. you just but let something a, out there. Do you think, think what will be my first no, move? No, I was, th I was thinking, oh, well, I was running my hand down your back and all that kind of stuff. And then literally, Nadia said, and I thought, oh, she's going to whisper a sweet nothing. She said, Siri, turn down the volume. So not only did I discover, I A, she wasn't in the mood, but B, she wasn't even in the room with me. She didn't hear me. <laughs> I had my earpods in because of my tinnitus. If we get to the point where we're making love and you're listening to John Campbell, we're in deep, deep doo-doo. I think that has happened. What do you mean? <laughs> We've kept an ear in. So uh, if you've got earpods in your relationship, I have to say, earpods are making me and Nadia more and more distant. Cordless... Headphones means that we communicate even less when we're in the same room. I have to say, I really, really don't like them. They're antisocial. This is a man who has the most unbelievable hyper-focus when he's on his computer editing or doing whatever, or writing. You can't, if he stood and screamed into his head, he wouldn't hear you. And yet, if I'm not allowed to have headphones. If I don't take my laptop to bed. Right, OK. This isn't a sex talk. Let's move on. Well, it Let's was. It was about a lack of sex. Let it, Read us a comment, please. No, hang on. Apple what? crumble. Where are we Apple at? Crumble. Where are you at with Apple your sex life? Crumble. Well, don't talk to me like that. Oh, this is, we're talking about <laughs> sex, and you're saying you won't talk. This is like Nigel Slater when I worked with him. He said, I'm more than happy to do a cookery show, but I don't want to cook. <laughs> what? what? Are you happy? Oh, your voice just went really I know, because I've, I've never asked you this question, <laughs> and I wanted to. I'm not answering that question. That would be a bloody headline. Can you imagine, either way? That'll be the mail online before you know it. Imagine that construed in a mail online way. It depends what you say. If you say, I'm really, really happy, well, there's oh no my news. Nadia's sex feed. Are you joking? No news. She's a bit of a sex listen, fiend. Listen, look at my face, listen to my chuckles, and make your own assumptions. Okay, she's listening to John Campbell right now. <laughs> well, I mean, on a serious note, I mean, they do say that I think most people would look at us and say we have a good marriage. We'd certainly have a really good marriage. Yeah. I couldn't imagine my life without this marriage. Right. You know, so, and I think that intimacy for me comes in many different ways. I mean, intimacy can be filling the dishwasher at the right, you know, on some, at some well, point. Well, I'm the only one who can turn the dishwasher on. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> we have a really Literally. freaky dishwasher. Literally. <clears throat> that needs to be talked to. You have to care less its <laughs> buttons <laughs> and you have to do it in a particular order. It's not even a joke. It's not too dissimilar to someone else. No one else can turn the dishwasher on. But anyway, so, you know, intimacy, whether that be through sex or through... God, I heard um, what you were doing for a minute. <laughs> I got vaguely excited. Or through kindness and cherishing and looking after. I, I do think 
it is a 360-degree situation. Now, some people will say that they have a perfectly happy marriage without having any sex. I think that can only work if you have two people that aren't interested in sex, but that's actually quite rare. And also, I think it can only happen if one of those people is getting sex somewhere. If well, I'm that's honest. a very male... That's no, a no, very, very no, male... No, there's attitude. some comments here that from women. That would be my first thought. There's some comments here from women who feel precisely that. And no, of course, yeah, of course. I mean, there's lots of marriages where women are wanting sex and their husbands mm. are. Absolutely. And I think that may even get more complex over time as the whole what we want from a man question gets more mm. and more complicated. Are you plunged into darkness? Because I can barely see you. Was your, no, yeah. still, you can still Okay, see for those me. of you listening, because of course we shoot this for our YouTube channel as well. Yeah. Um, one of the things that comes through, or I've been distilling some of the comments from you guys, um, and obviously we did this in the last part one of the sex chat, uh, so do go back and listen. Um, but one of the things that comes up a lot is being adventurous, um, bringing in sort of new ideas, reintroducing a sense of the thrill and all that kind of stuff and being inventive in the bedroom and all that. That sounds and exhausting. Well, I'm not going to reveal too much, but I mean... No, well, no, don't then. You're about to reveal no. a lot. What am I about to reveal? Well, I don't know. You're putting your head down and you're laughing and saying you're not about to reveal something, so that's usually catastrophic. <laughs> we haven't said apple crumble yet. Um... No, apple crumble. I can see it in your face. No. <laughs> Is what, what, okay, here's a question. What are... Well, can we read one of the comments? No, no, hang on. This was the plan, no, no, no. we read the yeah, comment no, and then give our opinions on yeah, it. Yeah, before we read the first comment, I, what I didn't get a sense of from the last podcast was, what's your idea of good sex? What defines good sex for you? A good session. Well, the, the thing is, I don't really, I think you get into murky waters when you start taking it and separating it from everything else what is good sex what is a good shag did i have a good shag i think i think i've never really thought in those terms mm. like you wouldn't say i wouldn't say oh so and so is good in bed such and such isn't good in bed i would say that it's not the right chemical reaction between those two people because one person's snog with one person might be revolting but another person mm. might absolutely love it so mm. um i think in those terms if sex isn't working, if a kiss doesn't, that's why a kiss is so important when you first kiss somebody, it either works or it doesn't. Mm. And a kiss that doesn't work, first of all, I really don't think ever does. Mm. I think so, it's about a chemical thing, it's about, it, for me it's just a chemical thing, it's just, it's just, it's just an, a, an understanding that doesn't need to be spoken about. So it's a sort of hormonal science? Is that why you're drawn no. to John Campbell? No. A scientist. No, it's not hormonal science. I think it's. I think it's chemical. It's chemical. You're either meant to be with somebody or not. I right. really think that we talked about this on this women the other day and how if you say take the pill, it changes your sense of smell. So people will often smell out the wrong person for them. Mm. And I really believe in that because I think smells, pheromones, yeah. tell us whether the person's right for them or not. Then you've got to have a similar sense of humour. You've got to have... So you've got to be able to laugh be, at each other. You've got to, yeah. So there's so many things that come in. But so many people, I suppose it's a leading question, because so many people talk in terms of, and I do think this is an important thing to talk about, you know, I think men would say that they haven't had good sex if they don't orgasm, and I think lots of women don't necessarily see that as the be-all and end-all of having good sex. And so there's a lot of pressure on couples, and I would kind of agree, I think for men, that end 
to sex is the definition of imperative. Sex. But mm. the thing is, I don't. I think that's because men have never thought about it anyway. Because there's huge any other way. Because there's huge pressure. Sting has. He sits for hours, oh, doesn't God he? Not, help, not orgasm. God help all of us. Um, no, I think that um, there's enormous pressure. There's just an understanding that that's what men yeah. have to do. And because mm. a lot of men never even know whether a woman's had an orgasm or not, yeah. they wouldn't. They, they, they might assume that women. I mean, I've spoke, spoken before about my friend who massively, massively overact, overacted for her first fake She orgasm. pitched it too high. Married, too, yeah. been married for 30 years and has to do exactly the same fake every Christ, single time. Christ, what pressure. What a pressure. Can you imagine that? So her husband doesn't even know that she doesn't have an orgasm. Right. And so he probably thinks that he has to have one every time as well. Well, he's probably also thinking... Do men ever fake it? Yeah. But how? Just pretend. But... Yeah, I know. Have you? No. You, you're lying. No, I haven't. No, I'm not saying with me. Have you ever no, been? I haven't. Ah, caught you out because you told me before you have. No, I haven't. I haven't. I genuinely haven't. This is such a little shit. <laughs> have you? Have you ever faked? Of course I have. Huh? With me? No. Oh, that was too well, quick. Here's the thing. Oh, right. No, no, okay. I never have with you. Oh, right. Okay, because here's the thing. Um... So why do you when you do? No, no, no. I, to, to say I have is not actually true. It's not actually true. It's not like I've done a big, but I've allowed somebody to think I have, even though I... By omission. I gave no signals that I had. Right, okay. And I thought, well, I can't bother with that anymore. Oh. But, um, but what were you saying? <laughs> big O. So in terms of people, yeah, having good sex and what have you, and of course, as, as I was saying, adventuresomeness... Uh, you know, uh, sort of role-playing, okay, well, all this kind of stuff well, comes up. So shall we read some? Can one of the comments about adventure? Because oh, I, I can't go to that. I've got the lots here. Let... Oh, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah the first one oh, from Claire. It's the best sex ever. Married 25 years. Together for 27 years. Our sex has got better and better as we both know what the other one wants. We role-play too. What do we think of role-play? I think anything, anything is 100% fine as long as both people are totally into it. And now I'm talking about the chemical thing again. Um, <clears throat> I think it's easier if you don't have children in the house to be more adventurous. Especially if you want to be a policewoman. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise your kids are sort of like, well, why is mum dressed as a policewoman? Why is mum dressed as a policewoman? Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Sorry, I just happened. got a message. It, it distracts me. Oh, yeah. I Yes, yes. So, Are you so in the room? I do Are you paying attention? I think a lot of married couples might want to be more adventurous, but have never even opened the door of thought because they've had babies, toddlers, yeah. preteens, teens, you never mm. go to sleep till four o'clock in the morning. So it's just not anything that they've even ever considered. They don't even let themselves think about it. And then time can pass, and then it becomes a bit of a ridiculous thing to say. Because I think yeah. often... Being adventurous suddenly in the middle of a relationship is very difficult, isn't it? For mm. a lot of people, it would be embarrassing to say that. But also I think there's a real problem because I think a huge pressure on couples in so many walks of life, but also in the bedroom, is synchronicity. Synchronicity when it comes to appetite, when it comes to, I don't know, uh, kink or whatever it is. So to be adventurous, it's very unusual that you both want to step in the same direction at the same speed towards the same adventure. Well, I think Other, one of you yeah. is one of you is going to be tugged, yeah. no, no pun intended, tugged towards it mm. more, and then there's going to be a sense. Oh, what do you think of what do you think of this? And and I think that possibly for some people, I'm trying to think of in the past. 
I've had that where someone might want something or suggest something and that really isn't something that you fancy yeah. and then you're left thinking potentially <clears throat> that's the kind of thing they want. Yeah. I'm not satisfying them yeah. perhaps. So I think it can be quite complex. I think we, you know, quite a few comments and quite a few people say, oh yeah, no, now we do this, now we do that. But I'd be curious to know whether both people have got there at the same time or whether one has slightly had to compromise. I mean, you hit, for example, I, I remember hearing this on a on some show or radio program or something where there were, you know, these amazing journalists who go to swingers parties. And when you heard them interviewing the wife, mm-hmm. you could hear in her voice, it had taken a lot more for her to get to that position mm-hmm. than her husband. And I think in those instances, you know, some halves of a couple will really, really compromise what they're comfortable with. This might be a massive general, generalisation, but I don't care. Right. Um, I think that so generally... Men are more comfortable with having other partners. I think. I think that men yeah. have to go against instinct. Right. I think instinct is. I think men. I think men get into a relationship and they and they they are doing what is deemed right when they're faithful and when they're. Right. Like, I, I don't I mean, feel that. No, no, I'm not saying everybody. No, 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 but I'm it's curious because I would have agreed with think, you years ago. I just ago. think that maybe possibly more men yeah. find it easier, the thought of having more than one partner or multiple partners than women. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I could be wrong. This is just from my own no, small poll just... of the people I've spoken to yeah. over my life. Yeah. And most women are like, oh God, no, I couldn't. I wouldn't want a couple who, mm. who, who would want extra marital affairs and everything. But it seems to me that it's... It's, it's more on the men's side. But I, I agree. But I would say that I would have agreed with that in previous relationships. But I think it all pivots around, are you in the right relationship? And mm, I think some men just are always... Really? I mean, look, we did a podcast on this. Look at all the bloody comments we got. What, you know, people know. that were in happy marriages, but then they just couldn't oh, help themselves, you oh, know. But yeah. anyway, yes, I think that when it moves into a pressure, like somebody saying, right, I want us to suddenly start <sighs> jumping out of planes and, like, swinging from the chandeliers, and you are not there, then it's yeah. so important that you don't force yourself into doing something you don't want to do. Well, I hope you know, I'd like you to know that. Because I, I think adventurous can be a very manipulative word, i.e. if you're not adventurous, you're boring. I, I agree. And, and event- I think I think that there could be a lot of control around that. Well, but if two people are wanting to say, come on, let's be a bit more adventurous, yeah. and you, you know, you're chatting and you're finding different yeah, ways, that's but completely I, but I different. I go back to the couple that I heard on the radio where they were both essentially saying that, but I could hear a difference. in her voice that she wasn't as on the page, same mm-hmm. page as him. <clears throat> and to that extent, I think you make a really important point that being adventurous can become something that really indulges one person's appetite in the relationship rather than both people's. Mm-hmm. Um, anonymous, the highs are both uh, are that you both know what works for each other and there's no guesswork. The lows are it can sometimes just feel like a, a chore in the day to tick it off as done. I do think that can creep in, and I think that sometimes that's born of necessity because you're, as parents say, trying to fit things in. I mean, I know that in the recent past, I would probably have said that it was frustrating that one couldn't just whenever and one had to always kind of be away for a weekend or, you know, tight, you know, and there was never the right time. I mean, that that's tedious, but is that just part of the gig, becoming a parent? It's part of the gig. It's part of the, it's gig, part of the contract, it? it's part of the deal, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's part of the job. Yeah. Uh, another anonymous, the highs must be the comfort of being yourselves, discussing the embarrassing topics or changing the routines or trying something new. Uh, the lows would be the differences in sex drive, though through tired with parenting children, pregnancy and also difference 
since the start of relationship 14 years ago. Also, mental health can mean you're at odds with each other, i.e. my husband is suffering with depression, and when it's bad, there's no interest in being intimate. Something that I think is really important, though, which, that this person puts in the highs, is discussing the embarrassing topics. And I would say, I'm always keen, I, I'm much keener than you to talk about it, or I have in the past, about stuff that's perhaps not working, or is working, or could work, or whatever... I feel I can't completely openly talk mm. about that, even still, because I think you get a bit kind of, oh, I don't want to analyse. You always call it post-match analysis. For me, if I'm really honest, I do like to talk about how we've accessed. because all right, I can, all right, no, 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 all right. no, no, I'm not going to. Because it's part of it all for me. In a weird way. Apple crumble? Oh, apple crumble. Okay, that's a curious apple crumble. Um, this, there's a name with this one, so I'm going to say it. Liz, Liz Arnold. Like everything in a long-term relationship, you have to work at it, but the lows can be not making the effort through tiredness, family responsibilities, and sometimes the mundanity of everyday yeah. life. Well, you know, the thing is, some people might say, oh, you know, you've got, you know, it's got tired, you know, you can't be bothered, not enough effort. But it's hard isn't it because there's so many peaks and troughs in one's life through a marriage mm. you know like that previous one that said you know pregnancy tiredness mental health financial worries um you know arguments you just have to accept in a long marriage that that is going to happen mm. that but you're always seeking to get back to something and i think the only way to that is by communication, not necessarily communicating directly about sex. And I think often this is where men go wrong, um, is that they want to talk directly about sex if something's gone off the boil, but they don't want to talk about the feelings that are going around. Right, that, um, of course, I'm always talking from the female perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But from the female perspective, if only more often men would say, without bringing up the word sex, you know, how, how are you doing? You know, what, what, anything else I can do to help? Oh, you're looking tough. This is the greatest aphrodisiac for a, for a person in a long-term relationship. The fact that you are being thought about, that you, you know, that there are concerns that, you know, I mean, just a, just a man saying like when, when the kids were, you know, much younger and, and the exhaustion of, like, having a child always wanting to be on you, as it is with the mum and you're breastfeeding, mm. and their hands are down your bra and they're grabbing your food and they're doing everything. And it's constant. There's an artist, um, women, women listening to this, called Jenny Savile, and there's amazing... She does some amazing drawings and paintings on this, where it's just... It's like the movement of a baby all over you. And it, they, they're so consuming of mm. your body. That, that is the time to be the kindest, to be the least selfish you've ever been as a man, mm. because that woman has done everything. She's grown this life, she's given birth to it. And to approach it in that way, God, I see, like, what's that like? Mm. Just all of you, oh my God, the difference of that to like, well, you know, I'm feeling really left out and I'm not really having sex. The trap doors come down and nobody wants to know it. And if, if you could have a window, men, into women when they talk about this, what a different world it would be. Mm. But you've got to be, you've got to be willing to hear that mm. as men. Mm. You've got to be willing because if you just, if you're, in, if you're a man and you're listening to this now and you're kind of switching off, it ain't going to be great. That's what I'm saying down the line because what you're doing is you're laying the fertile ground, fertile, for the future of your sex. So you have to accept. You're going to stand back for a bit because 
this woman is 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 giving life and 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 and, and keeping your child alive if they're breastfeeding and it's just a pause and then all the way through life it can be like that like say you you're you're a woman and you know that your partner is having trouble at work and I don't know, or is, it, or is even, you know, struggling with the, you know, with the transition of children being brought into it. Look into that. Mm. You know, if they've gone a bit off sex or they're a bit too into sex, they're asking <clears> too much. <throat> ask about what's going on around that person. Mm. Um, for sure, depression, financial worries, we know these make have a huge impact on sex life. So don't be asking for sex, be asking the other questions first, and then I think it will... It's interesting, isn't it? Because whenever you do talk about sex, or whenever we do talk about sex like this, I've noticed that's precisely it for you. It's not about the specific act. You, you, you rarely talk about or even think about, or I, my sense of you is that you rarely even think about retrospectively or in the future the very act of any of it. You're thinking, about, you're thinking about the emotional context of it or the... The, the the sort of sensibilities around it and all that kind of stuff. Because for example, I feel like a woman. No. <laughs> well, I just want I just want to quote I want to quote Jodie. Oh, it's very interesting that you think about that. Well, no, 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 no. But I mean, it's like, well, no, and I think people... You I, do, really. You just don't know you do. No, no, no. But I think people, and I, I think it's too easy to say, well, men think of it like no, that and women don't. Is, because, but I think a lot of people, and I hear a lot of women, and you see it in the media, and you see it in programmes and what have you, a lot of women will say, you know, will talk about just one, I mean, real house, right? they'll just talk about having sex with a, a penis. I, with I a, mean, for me, I I, that... I'm, yeah, lots of women, I, I, I just never think of it like that. If I hear like, oh, he's got a big penis, oh, he's got this, or he's got that, I'm, I'm like, I'm confused because <laughs> I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't separate a penis from who the man is. No. I can't go, oh, great penis, terrible man. It'd be like, what? It's right. It's just like, I don't know. It's yeah, like, no, oh, I know. Yeah. my bread's over here and my butter's over there. Mm, that's a bit of a Which, problem. What is the bread? Well, I'm not going to want the bread without the butter. I'm not going to want the butter without the bread, so I won't have anything. I suddenly want a sandwich. <laughs> that's, that's the way that I think about it. It was always food, isn't it? <laughs> How did we get to bread? Well, because like it's like saying, no, this know. penis is a great penis. Well, what use is a great penis without a great man? But I do think that, uh, you know, I think more people than you care to think, think like that. Think in terms of, okay, not literally a penis. So I can't. Sex toys, sex toys. It just doesn't but... interest me. I am a 360 degree person it's like if i have a friendship with somebody i want to be i want to know everything about that friend yeah. it's like i don't i don't compartmentalize no. bits of things well you know yeah he's a total fucking bastard to me but my god you know he's got an amazing penis and he, he's good in bed he couldn't be good in bed to me if right. he's a being bastard exactly to me. that's what i mean yeah <laughs> jody says before uh, there are only <laughs> there are only highs in our sex life before i met my husband i didn't think my body worked on a sexual level this is an important oh, point. We have the best sex, we have a giggle, and sometimes we can be really quick. And on the odd occasions, we have more time, we take longer and enjoy each other. Now, the reason I want to home in on that part of what she, she said here is length of, of, length of duration, if you like, is a big thing for a lot of people. The idea that it takes a long time. I think one of the most standard jokes that women always throw at men, which puts an enormous amount of pressure on men, is... Oh, right, well, we only need about 20 seconds, don't we? And that, what I'm not saying is quick sex can be great. It can be great. But also, this idea that if it's too quick, it's not good enough, is a huge problem for a lot of men. It goes back to this toxic masculinity, which is thrown at men by women a lot. Because, of course, then men think, and I think it's possibly at the heart, alongside many other things like porn, unfortunately, and all that kind of stuff, 
But it's another aspect of why men are probably turning to things like Viagra and all this kind of stuff, because it means they can last longer, they can hold an erection for longer, all that kind of stuff, which I remember as a young man feeling, feeling really real pressure around, God, how long can I go for? And, and it's got to be a long time and all this kind of stuff. And if you don't, you feel a sense of, oh my God, am I just kind of, can I just not do this? What are you laughing at? So many women that would just be laughing back. Um, but is that partly because... I think, I think that... Um... <laughs> we might know what she's laughing about in a minute. If you're listening, you can also hear the rain in the back. Why are you laughing? Because I, well, feel because I, I, I literally feel like you're laughing at my penis. That's quite a complicated <laughs> different... Because, again, it's up to the individual person. You know, many women will say, oh my God, he thinks he's got a bloody go on. What a nightmare. Oh, I see. And they get bored, rigid. <laughs> now, a lot of a lot of men, a lot of women might say, oh God, I suppose it's going to be over in 20 seconds. Because those men, because those women aren't going to have an orgasm. Right. So, so you know, that's what they're talking about. Are you uh, going to no. take 20 seconds and then that's, that's, and then what? Oh, so see imagine what that. So imagine that. Yeah, so the imp- so how would you be left feeling exactly so like like, like if if a woman twenty seconds had an orgasm and then rolled over and went to sleep yeah absolutely that's what they talking it's about. the love making around it as well isn't it it's everything else of course yeah no well, there you go that's a good, 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 good <coughs> bit of a conversation um, a non lows for me is that I have been with my husband for twenty five years and have had up until two years ago an extremely wonderful sex life. Oh, this is interesting. This must happen for a few people. But my husband had or has prostate cancer, oh, and our sex God. life has come to a very abrupt. End. Oh. Whilst I'm extremely sympathetic to my husband yes. and our situation, it does not stop me painfully mourning the loss of what was a real, whole and fulfilling oh life. Oh my God. Now I feel like we're transitioning into companionship, of which there is nothing wrong with this, but we had so many more years of a continued sex life to enjoy. <gasps> Highs are remembering memories of our sex life we oh had and feeling very blessed that we have those memories to share and I still have my husband here by my side. Oh, don't that makes me want to cry. Beautifully oh written as well. I mean, that's, that, yeah, I mean... Oh, Jesus. I mean, if, if I'm honest, I think a lot of men, certainly I do, think about, you know, prostate or something that would impair your ability through no through no fault of your own, I suppose. You know, it's not poor the same him, in any way. Poor, but uh, poor him, poor her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, presumably through time they will find other ways, but, I mean, it's just... That's just heart-breaking, uh, uh, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, also... It's probably, I mean, it would cause such heartbreak, but it's probably something you have to be, you just have to be so private about, right? Maybe you couldn't even talk to your friends or... And I wonder about the distance because you don't talk about it as a couple. I wonder how bad he feels because he also had a great sex life with her. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's so cool. And also you'll probably be feeling thoughts or emotions or desires that will tug against where you want to be. Because if you, you know, you want to feel that sense of connection and in, in that way, mm. through no one's fault. And also, the like she says, you know, I'm just so glad that he's here. Yeah, yeah. Because, of course, she could have lost him completely. Jesus, that is one sad mm. comment. Oh, my God. Another one here, anonymous. My husband hasn't had sex with me in 10 years. We've been together since I was 18 and I'm now 47. I've tried mm. to talk about it, tried to turn him on in the bedroom and he won't mm. talk about oh, it or come near me. It's completely and absolutely destroyed my confidence. Oh, God. Oh I've recently God. met a total gentleman and we've become good friends and I found myself wanting to be with him physically, but That's I have so much conflict in my head. It makes me sad. I miss being intimate so much. Oh, my That's God. hard. That's hard. I mean, and again, you know, I think, oh. I mean, again, this is this is gross generalisation, but I do think a lot of men 
just refuse to talk in any emotional way whatsoever. Mainly because they haven't been taught, they haven't learned how to, it's fearful for them. I don't think it's always right to just say men are just... If I hadn't have had sex with you for 10 years, I would not be expecting you to not have sex with somebody else. Right, that's interesting. That's what I think. I yeah. mean, I think it is part of the contract. I think if somebody doesn't want to talk to you yeah. and has left you feeling so low and has knocked your self-esteem and you've tried and you've tried to do fun things in the bedroom and tried to do... That's a, that's, there is no way you can expect somebody... Different if you're communicating with them and you're talking about it, mm -hmm. but just to shut down and just expect that that person is just going to take... I... Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I would not have any expectation if I had not wanted sex with somebody for 10 years that they might want sex with somebody. But that's quite an emotionally complex decision to make. For the person yes, who's not I mean, she has so, to make it, her I mean, own decision on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's, not, giving, like he's that's not me giving advice no. to her, but I'm just saying, <coughs> if I were mm. in that situation with you, mm. I, I, I don't feel I would have any place to be angry with you right. if you were to have an affair. Right. Yeah. Chrissy says, Lowe's, sometimes there's a panic of the same person forever. For me, when I was young, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to think that. I remember thinking that quite a bit. Oh, am I going to be staying with this person forever? Highs, highs are that I'm more or less completely comfortable with my partner, and for our sex has gotten better the longer we've been together. Eleven years. Will it always be improving though? I'm not sure, and arguably that could be a low. Uh, that could be a low as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, again, you know, huge pressure within relationships for it to, to, for it to be maintained, not literally in the bedroom, but maintained across time. I mean, you know, a relationship is an evolving thing. Um, I mean, it's like, I would say, what's your conversation like? I mean, Mark and I have been having a non-stop conversation for the last 20 years. We're talking all the time. Oh, no, it's tedious, isn't it? No, it's <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I'm I, mean, joking. I mean, and a lot of people will go a very long time in their relationship without having a conversation with their partner. Mm. And I mean, you know, our, our, our social media, you know, doing these podcasts, talking the way that we do with our show that we do every day on YouTube, our Coffee Moaning, I think, in a weird way, without us even realising, has given our relationship another blast of rocket fuel. Mm. And what is that? That's about us having to have conversations that a lot of people just don't. probably don't bother to because there's lots of other... And I think... That, that we've been really lucky. It's mm. a happy accident, but I think that's something that we can share with other people. You don't have to be doing it on YouTube. You don't have to mm. be doing. But this is what would you agree? Yeah, that's what I've discovered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so I would say, open up conversation. Park the idea of not having sex and look at other things. Are you really conversing with each other? Are you really, when one comes in, really asking them about their day and seeing how they feel? When you say, "How are you?" and you feel like they're not really answering you, do you sit down and say, no, look, tell me really, how are mm. you? Yeah. All these things get pushed to the wayside in a long-term relationship, and then people turn around and go, oh, why isn't our sex mm. life? Why mm. don't we still fancy each other? Why are we feeling like we better start swinging from the chandeliers to try and get things going again? And not saying, what about all the other stuff? Mm. 
do I like him? Do I like well, her? What am I doing to like him? What's she doing to like me? You know, it's all that sort yeah. of stuff is, is so important. I mean, one of the important things to say as well is we never give advice at all. We're just stumbling through and we happen to be together, which is why there's so far in brackets. We haven't made married. it so far. Yeah. Um, but one thing I would say that sometimes may be quite useful, because I know that a lot of people on the channel have said to me around things like addiction and mental health, they said they've just got their partner, man or woman, to watch something in the hope that something might just stick. You, you know, this, this podcast is nothing other than a couple, a real couple trying to talk as authentically as possible about shit that they go through and stuff yeah. in life. Maybe it's just worth sometimes showing a man and a woman talking, to, saying to someone, just have a look at this. Because it, just seeing a couple talk yeah. might, might help in some way. I just want to... I mean, look at the responses we got to that when I went on HRT and talked about yeah, 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 exactly. it, and it is And sometimes knowing how to open a conversation... Yeah. Yeah. It's just so hard, isn't it? I mean, I saw a, there was some sort of therapist on this morning the other day, and I was just sort of passing through the makeup room and saw, and she was saying, you know, if you're, you know, that distance, I think she was talking about sex, I mean, she said, you know, sit your partner down, you know, have the conversation. And as I passed the telly, I went, yeah, easy enough to say. I wouldn't say, if you've got so distant, mm. sit down and have a conversation. It's not going to work like that. Mm. I would always say, write a letter, write a text without yeah, any yeah, blame, yeah, yeah. just saying how, how you're feeling, wondering how the other person's feeling, yeah. to open up the dialogue. Just a couple, last couple of comments. There's been so many really wonderful comments. Obviously, there's a lot of kind of um, crossover and similarities between a lot of them. So we've kind of honed in on a few that are representative of a lot of concerns but this one stood out to me because it was from a guy called Andy uh, from a male perspective uh, in a heterosexual relationship as with all other aspects of a relationship both parties have to learn from each other and grow together what was all fireworks and frolics in the early stages subsides into something deeper and more emotionally complex sex perhaps becomes less frequent but nonetheless more meaningful because of a shared knowledge and history and then menopause in the case of my dear and wonderful partner her libido disappeared altogether even after HRT was prescribed, it was the one part of the old her which stubbornly refused to come back. Mm. This has been very difficult for me. I feel like something has died in us, and although I still oh love her to bits, God. I can't help feeling that we are simply best friends now. We oh, hug and kiss, Andy, but that's it. And my sex drive is still strong. And Andy, you go on in great detail there in a very, very sort of, you know, well-articulated description of how it sort of saddens you. You, you have your sexual need, needs. It used to be vibrant. Oh. And uh, how you're now in your 50s. And what and you what, just... How's he feeling now? And what, it's, uh, well, we're not able to discuss it, even though we're quite good with all other aspects of our relationship. It's just too huge to tackle as there is no real way to address it. Reading your comment, I remember fearing this at our lowest point in the men in, in your menopause. And I remember thinking, this is my future, or, you know, our shared future. And obviously knowing it was as difficult for you. But where you were at, you weren't sort of, in a sense, um, you know, mourning the loss of a sex life. You were surviving. You were well, hanging on. Well, you don't... Mm, but that's quite a misconception, <coughs> actually. Oh, I think no, that... Pete, I think the mourning... Yeah, and it's frightening. Mm. It's frightening when your hormones are dictating to you about your life. It's very frightening. And there is a mourning, but it's very, very frightening. Mm. That's the mm. point. Mm. So it might be that actually... Maybe you need to try, Andy needs to try a different approach because the reason she might not be talking about it is because she's really, really frightened mm. about it. Mm. Um, and, you know, also, just on another side, I always say with the hormonal stuff, you know, get to go back to a doctor because sometimes you need to change it. Oh, right, so it could be the one. It, 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 it yeah. still could be the hormones. So yeah, get yeah, advice yeah. from a really 
a specialised hormone doctor, and you can ask for that in GP in, with your GP. And I don't know whether she's being given testosterone, but a yeah. lot of GPs won't give testosterone, right. and testosterone is. Well, when our say, testosterone drops, just like it does, if I suddenly took your testosterone mm. away, you wouldn't have a sex, sex drive. And, and it's the same with women as well. <coughs> so it's not like, oh, you take, it's not like, oh, well, you do so drugs. I, and you're, it's just the hormone that is your sex drive. So is the testosterone the aspect of HRT? Because you often hear that some HRT gives women their sex drive back. Is it the testosterone that does that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it is. Well, right. yeah. Well, no, estrogen as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like my, my menopause doctor says, there are three vital hormones that a woman needs, testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone. Mm. And some bright spark, as she said, probably a man, decided, decided we'll just give them estrogen and progesterone. Well, actually, we produce more testosterone than we do estrogen. Mm. So wow. I would really say, check about the testosterone. And then even with that, some testosterones work better than mm. other. And there are some that... You, that you have to pay for, that the NHS won't give. So, so I mean, I'm just saying that I'm not just as another avenue to look mm. into because it would break my heart to think because it might be that maybe it's it's not that at all. Mm. But imagine if it was. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. Something so simple. Yeah, it something. could be something so simple. But aside parking from that, I really, really, really feel for them both in this. Yeah. This is a really yeah. sad because, and you know, this is why my uh, menopause doctor is so passionate about this. You know, she says. People are under, underestimate this. You know, marriages break down because yeah, of this, because yeah, of the menopause. Yeah. Women leave husbands that yeah. actually they still love. Mm. They leave their jobs and they all do it all thinking, what's wrong with me? It's frightening. <laughs> it's really saying, frightening. Because what's you wrong with the system? Because yeah. the system is so misogynistic yeah it's really um, it is frightening and it's really difficult yeah. andy and your partner it because, really is because and it's, you feel and it's like, meaningful and, yeah. it, and it's right that you feel this way yeah, and it yeah. is a kind of grief and there is either going to be a mourning process but what i would say andy don't give up and no. find different ways to maybe get your point across try everything to get her talking yeah. maybe maybe write her a letter like you would when we were first together mm. but be really careful of saying you make me feel nothing, nothing sort of, nothing antagonistic. No accusation. Right, read it and then yeah. read it over again, just so that you don't, just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. so she doesn't go yeah. off on <laughs> Because she'll be protective of her feeling. She'll be awkward about talking about this because yeah. she'll be feeling maybe, maybe not. She will. She might be feeling like she's failing, and 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 she doesn't really want to talk about that failure. So mm. I wouldn't give up yet. That's why I would say. Sorry, final comment. We're just running tight now on time. Um, Lucy Miller says, um, sometimes I wish my husband and I hadn't got married. We've been together for 20 years, married with two mm -hmm. children. I often think that it would be easier to keep the spark if we weren't married, but still together. It's interesting, isn't it? Oh. The, sort of, the burden of marriage or the term marriage. Well, mm. Like back to being two individuals rather than the unit that marriage equals. I think I'd feel sexier with more of an independent feel about myself. Mm. Ah, well, that's it's the nub of it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the that's, nub of it. I mean, that's totally the nub of it. Nub of what? Well, the nub of a long-term relationship yeah, yeah. is that you are in it for... The long term. Um, you know, for us to, to the end of our lives. So it's... Maybe we're not and, meant to be monogamous. For as long as you're thinking, also, oh, it might be better if I just had my foot out the door, yeah. then it's going to be really tricky. Yeah. You've either got to commit, and then once you really commit, I think that's when you get to a deeper level with somebody because there's no like thought of where well, I'm, I'm going to leave. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because I'd, then, I'd love to know what I'd, I'd love to know what age you are, Lucy. Lucy, because because in a sense, 
if you look at the various ages of, of one's attitude to sex, when you're really young, you're talking about just positions, the act, the Kama Sutra, scissoring, you, you know, all these kind of terms, you know, but you sort of hear these conversations yeah. and you sort of think, right, it's just about the functionality of how, when, how long for, how many, where, why, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Then you get into your 20s and 30s, and I think 30s and 40s, and you are probably thinking, hang on, is this it? And insofar as is this it, that yeah. doesn't mean you want to be, it doesn't mean you're sort of, you know, uh, what's the word, promiscuous or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It just means that you're thinking, well, okay, hang on a minute, how am I going to negotiate this? You're at that age where you're looking at that in all aspects mm -hmm. of your life. And you want to be lusted on. Yeah, and all yeah, that of course sort of stuff do. and all that excitement. I want this yeah. person to just desperately want me and I want to, and but it is, I mean, if you really like the person and you love the person, you, you, you find a mm -hmm. way and you realise that there's something beyond that mm -hmm. that's even better. But if you don't actually like the person, then it, you know it's never going to. No, absolutely. But you know, when you talk about, I wonder if we're just being boyfriend and girlfriend. What you're doing is you're talking about the responsibilities and all of life that comes in the marriage, and that, you know, and that can weigh down, and, that, mm. and you can think, where am I in this, and who am I in this? Mm. But what? But another way that you can think of it is, life is actually quite difficult, and there's two of us holding hands working through this together mm. and then that's a really meaningful thing mm. and then it can bring you closer whereas because because even if you're going to leave at, in your 30s and 40s it starts to get the big shit starts coming it starts to get the serious yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. it does start so to get serious you're careful you've not got euphoric recall of like you know yeah. 18 19 yeah. and all you thought about was where you're gonna where i think a lot of, well i mean a classic example of that is the male midlife crisis is yeah. that you think you can go back into the world as you if can't. you were 18 19 20 and you discover a you're not equipped to and b it's you're very not sad, it's very sad and also you're not going to be yeah. received with open no. arms and great excitement I'm you're going to get what's he doing when i hear my kids sometimes say god there was somebody in the Club. They were like the same age as dad. Five or something. <laughs> no, no, they say they're really old. Thirty. Oh my god. Um, okay. Well, um, I wonder if a big question for a how to stay married is: Are we meant to stay with one person? Are we designed to stay with one person? Monogamous different because you can be serially monogamous. You can be committed to one person and have lots of relationships. But are See, we supposed gay, to be um, with one partner for all our life? Not all my gay friends, because some of my gay friends have been in very committed relationships. But a number of my gay friends absolutely insist to me that that the way they are and their promiscuity is the natural thing for men and men right. have to have to you know <clears throat> conform to what society right. has said well, i think this is another discussion so i think that's i mean obviously everyone will get irate about that but let's not get irate let's just have a well let's not get i tell you what we should do now let's go and just read the karma sutra <laughs> page 72 apparently right. Right. it's time for tea and toast <laughs>